You are listening to Geek Fest Rants on the IC Robots Radio Network. You have located Geek Fest Rants, the entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. Shall we play a game? Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Game over, man. Game over. Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. So say we all. So say we all. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. scams on the street since I was 10. I was kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of my own. I'm going to be a pilot. Best in the galaxy. Hey, kid. I'm putting together a crew. You in? That's yes. I might be the only person. Who knows? What you really are. What's that? trouble there for a second but it's fine we're fine so you want to make a difference yeah trust me you're gonna love it and which branch are you interested in joining i'm gonna be a pilot best in the galaxy Your name? Hi, everybody, and welcome once again to GeekFest Rants. My name is Carlos Perone, and today we are starting off with Solo, the eagerly awaited, soon-to-be-here, next Star Wars film, the second standalone film, Solo, uh, finally, finally gave us a teaser and a trailer over the last couple of days. And we're going to go shot by shot, trying to see how much we can extract from these teasers and trailers. Finally, we have something to look at. You know, we were starting to get very worried that the time was drawing closer and closer and still nothing to look at. But we finally have something. So we're going to take a look at that first and foremost. Then we're going to jump over to what I could probably call weird television. And that is, you know, to fill that Stranger Things void (laughs) that we're all suffering from, we explore some other shows that could have been inspired or somewhat also 
could be suggested as alternative watches to uh, Stranger Things. More serious shows, for example, Twin Peaks. We're going to look at the third season, The Return, on Showtime. We're going to look at a German show called Dark. Uh, we're going to also look at a pretty established, very good anthology show called Black Mirror. Then Electric Dreams, its younger brother, if you will. Another brand new show, Altered Carbon uh, from Netflix. And finally, Counterpart from Stars. So there's a lot of uh, options out there in terms of being able to try to uh, go in that direction of the either anthology or just regular type of show. But the very unusual, very sci-fi, supernaturally kind of themes. Uh, you know, there is a lot of stuff out there uh, still, you know, that you can pick at. But... You know, we've been waiting for this one for a while now, so let's start off with Solo. What did I teach you? You are the Duke of New York. You are a number one. You will not laugh. You will not cry. You will learn by the numbers. I will teach you. Can you dig it? Open the pod bay doors, Hal. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. That spawn of Satan. <laughs> Oh, really? The Force will be with you, always. Alright, so let's go through the trailer shot by shot. Now, this is going to be the extended trailer, not the one that they aired during the Super Bowl, but it does incorporate a few of the same shots from the previous one. The trailer starts off, again, with this kind of a countdown-y type of clicking sounds of the Falcon being engaged, you know, kind of turning it on, you know, engaging all these buttons. And it's it's a narrative by Solo talking about his younger life. And off the bat, one of the things you do notice a little at first, and you notice it way more later, is how clean the Falcon looks, how newish it kind of looks. Uh, so the narrative talks about how he's been running these scams when he since he was a little kid, you know, out in the streets. And you see shots of some kind of a speeder speeding through town and you get a head-on shot of Solo and Kira and how he is kind of weaving through traffic and evading whoever seems to be kind of chasing him on these motorcycle-y looking things. And he mentions that he was kicked out of the flight academy for having a mind of his own. You know, that kind of starts to take you in the track of the, I guess it's the post-clone era where these clones didn't have much of a mind of their own. And even to this point, I guess, in the story, they are kind of acknowledging, I guess, that even though we're not dealing with clones anymore, most likely, the troops that are being taught, they are still, you know, very uniformly thinking kind of uh, recruits, if you will. And then you see, uh, you know, one of these motorcycle speeder kind of guys that flips over. He looks a little bit like a, could be kind of a variation on a stormtrooper. And he's still being chased by other vehicles. Then we kind of do a quick dissolve into some mountain range, kind of snowy looking area. And the narrator continues with him talking about how he is going to, I guess, one day be a pilot. You know, the best in the galaxy and that sort of thing. And you do get a, a montage of shots of the inside of the Falcon now, the hallway. And again, it looks pristine. It looks super clean, super new. And an outside shot of him wearing very like furry looking coat because he's I guess he's in a cold environment walking around the perimeter of 
what is the Falcon, but you can't see it too well because it's very um, like dusty outside and foggy, you know, kind of low visibility type of an environment. And then you get a shot of him in a uh, cliff uh, seaside type of area talking to somebody and you get a different voiceover now, a guy who is Woody Harrelson talking to him saying, hey kid, I'm putting together a different kind of crew. So you can kind of tell this guy is going to hire him to perform some kind of a mission. And we do know, you know, from what we've learned so far about the movie that uh, Woody Harrelson's character is kind of like a mentor, if you will, to Solo. So now you're getting that connection here. Then you get a couple of quick shots of other characters who probably, I imagine, are part of this crew that he's referring to. The first one is this woman who, not entirely sure who she is, it might be the same woman from the beginning, but she's wearing like a red robe and a black and white outfit, and she has a robot kind of walking beside her. And the type of robot that it is, it's not exactly, but it is a little bit kind of like the tactical droid from Clone Wars, if you remember that design of robot, that uh, kind of walking robot. Then you get a shot of Lando, and he is wearing, apparently, from what I see here, the traditional Lando outfit for this particular film which is a black and yellow shirt he you know he he looks he looks good he looks like he's really enjoying himself as far as uh portraying that role then you get another character she's kind of like adjusting her gun wearing uh possibly some kind of spacesuit again more of the of the crew i guess and then you have an alien kind of creature uh who looks like they're He's manning a gun. Uh, it might be the Falcon's uh, top or bottom gun. I'm not sure. It could be a completely different ship. Very possible. Looks a little different. But he's kind of, I don't want to say mass katana looking, but he is kind of like slightly reptilian. Uh, not the huge giant mass katana eyes, but uh, a little different wearing goggles and again, another space flight suit. And he is asked by Woody Harrison, you know, are you in? And you get a shot of Chewie saying, you know, growling. And his response is, I, he's, his response is, that's a yes. Uh, so again, the trailer has a certain beat, a certain, I don't want to call it music video type of thing, but it is set to a, a very modern kind of music. And the clicks are going along with the sound of the, tr- of the soundtrack, the clicks of the instruments being turned on and that sort of thing. It did remind me a little bit of Baby Driver, the, the tricks that they used for that soundtrack, you know, of the movements and the clicking sounds and all that stuff. It has a little bit of that. I wonder if they kind of used it as inspiration. Then you get a title card that says this summer, because again, this is only happening in a few months, and a couple of panoramic kind of shots of different settings, different environments, appears to be some kind of a nightclub with all these exotic creatures dancing. And once again, you get Kira wearing a different kind of outfit and her talking to Solo saying that she's probably the only person who really knows who he really is. And you do get these montage kind of shots like i said of him standing at a beach and it's like a a gunfight you could see his gun holster he's unstrapping the uh, the safety latch on the gun and in the far far foreground you could see a whole bunch of possibly bad guys ready to duel with him you know very very westerny looking uh one of those might be a Kessel Guard, I think. I could be wrong because I did see pictures of the action figures, of a few of the action figures that are coming out. And, you know, he's wearing this metallic mask and kind of very exotic clothing. 
a couple of fight shots. The robot pops up again. Another flight shot of some kind of a transport vehicle. Very square, rectangular looking. It's funny. I, I, I was looking on Facebook earlier today and one person speculated that it is based on the uh, the Bespin mini rig <laughs> from Kenner, which would not surprise me one bit. Uh, I would have to take a closer look to figure out if it's not. But it's got, it's that kind of a design. It's like a very, very boxy, rectangular with fins in the front type of design. And then you get his response to what you really are. And he's just like smiling and saying, what's that? Meaning, what answer does he have? And then you have the, the movie slate card, which says Solo, a Star Wars story. And you hear the music of a little bit, a little bit of the music of Star Wars in the background. The da, 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 you know, that kind of thing in the background. And then you get one of the coolest shots of the trailer. And that is the Falcon flying, you know, in front of the camera, which appears to be being chased by a Star Destroyer and TIE Fighters. But they're coming out of what appears to be a... Kind of like a cloud formation, a circular cloud formation, almost like a uh, like a tornado, if you will, <laughs> but flying through the actual tunnel. So it's like a cloud tunnel. And as the clouds start to dissipate a little bit, you get a better, clear image of the Star Destroyer that's right behind it. Could this be the Kessel Run? It's possible. Plus, one of the lead TIE fighters that is shooting at the falcon is one that we haven't seen before it is uh similar to a typical tie fighter but it looks a little slightly a little bit like a tie bomber not as wide not with a completely second compartment that is pretty much the same as the regular compartment but it does seem to have a secondary section to it so we'll see what that's about Oh, and a great shot then of Solo saying, get ready. And he does this maneuver with the ship where he flips the ship and he actually slaps and destroys a TIE fighter that's getting too close to him just by the motion of the Falcon rotating and slapping it down. And then he turns around and is telling everybody, you know, you, you guys thought we were in trouble there for a second, but everything's okay. You know, the typical Solo cockiness that you hear. And then he turns around and everybody screams because there's something else in front of them. And it appears to be some kind of a creature that is so large that you can't really get a picture of the entire creature. But you see these giant tentacles kind of flinging around and the falcon trying to dodge, you know, these gigantic tentacle looking things. And the tentacles, instead of tentacles like with big suckers on them, like a octopus, it looks like it's almost like it has teeth instead of suckers. <laughs> and that's the end of the trailer. Now... For the Super Bowl, what they gave us was some of those shots, which is a much smaller one, but it is uh, centered in a different manner. It is constructed in a different manner. You still have that countdown-y type of click, 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 you know, flicking switches, but the whole teaser is kind of wrapped around Solo talking to an Imperial officer in what could be considered some kind of a recruiting environment, a recruiting station, let's say, and they're sitting down. There's a lot of people around them, but they're in this little cubicle kind of area in the middle. And, uh, you know, he's asking him, you know, what what kind of, uh, you know, what, what branch are you interested in? He's saying, you know, he wants to be a pilot. He wants to be the best pilot in the galaxy. And as this conversation takes place, you do get, again, a, a montage kind of a click, click, click presentation of different shots. You get the Star Destroyer shot that we were talking about a few seconds ago, but it's from a different angle. It's coming straight at you, like the clouds are opening and it's peeking through. You get the deployment of the TIE Fighters from the bottom of that Star Destroyer. You get more 
uh, action shots of the uh, chase, the speeder chase that we talked about in the beginning of the other trailer also. Just different angles, different reaction shots, robots all of a sudden noticing that there's something going on, you know, that kind of stuff. You get, once again, the interior shots of the Falcon, the nice clean-looking Falcon of him walking around it in that dusty environment. The slate telling you that, you know, this summer. Shot of Kira, shot of the robot that's uh, possibly her robot. I'm not entirely sure. You get a shot also of what appears to be a uh, almost like a monorail-y type of train system uh, that kind of seems to curve and kind of rotate on its own track. You get uh, Woody Harrison's character. A couple more shots of that bar or that lounge. Then you get a shot of what appears to be uh, some kind of a gunfight on top of that train. So it's, again, we're going for the Western motif here, I think. I think that's the how they're approaching this story. They're kind of turning it into a Western. Then you get a cool shot again of Lando. He's wearing this uh, kind of like a fur warm coat and just kind of looking straight, you know, over the camera. Then you get a rear shot of the Falcon, which is the first time we see it on this smaller trailer and then you get a shot of solo kind of looking down and i don't know if it's a mug shot or if it's a just a dark purposely looking shot of a voiceover saying and your name and he's kind of looking down and then starts to look up towards towards whoever's talking to him and that's the end of the trailer there followed by the solo slate card and the little extra shot at the end after the slate card is a rear shot of him and Chewbacca, and Chewbacca growling and put his hand over Solo's shoulder, which is a nice little touch at the end. Slightly different, a couple of different things you could could see on that one. Between the two of them, that's a lot of information they gave us, obviously. But I am able to, like I said, extrapolate something out of this. The feel of what they're going for, I think. I'm not going to lie, this is an exciting trailer. When you put them both together, or either one at a time, there is a Good amount of information here. Now, how many trailers look bad? Not too many. I was really excited about The Last Jedi, and you guys know by now how I feel about that movie. This is uh, an opportunity to probably course correct, even though I'm sure most of the course correction that was needed is way behind them by the time that they realized that something probably didn't go exactly as planned with Last Jedi. You know, the movie only came out two months ago. I'm sure this was pretty much locked in already in terms of the editing. Uh, I'm sure they're in special effects and music right now because it's so late in the game. I'll say it again. I said it before. When you are going to break the rules and create something new, it's better to do it on these type of films, on an offshoot film. You can get away with that. It is not so directly tied into something else that a course correction would be so jaunting to the audience. We don't get too much of Han Solo talking, just a little bit. You know, it is the first trailer after all. We had a teaser and a trailer. Basically, that's what we have. Most likely, we'll get one more trailer, two maybe? I don't know. I think we're so close now that maybe we might just get one more. I like the visuals. What I'm hoping for is that this is kind of like Rogue One in terms of, yes, Rogue One had some baggage, not as gigantic as this movie. This movie had the directors being fired, new director brought in at the last minute, reshot a lot of stuff. You know, hopefully it won't feel very choppy. Hopefully we'll get that Rogue One magic that we got with Rogue One. But for this being the first taste of the movie, I'm interested. I'm eager You know, and even if we didn't get this particular trailer, you know, I was going to go, you know, there's no way in heck I'm not going to go see this movie. 
the trailer. They did a good job. I want to see more. Next is going to be the fan reaction. Let's see how the fans react, to, you know, once we get this film. Television. Television is not the truth. Television is an amusement park. Television is a circus, a carnival, a traveling troupe of acrobats, storytellers, dancers, singers, jugglers, sideshow freaks, lion tamers, and football players. We're in the boredom killing business. We're going to talk about a couple of television shows that are really strange that I just either finished watching or in the process of watching. Part of it has to do with the fact that we not so long ago finished watching the second season of Stranger Things and, you know, we are looking for a new fix <laughs> for a very strange kind of television show. And one way to go in that direction was to take a look at Twin Peaks, the third season, if you will, the Showtime version, the revival of Twin Peaks. Now, I was never a gigantic Twin Peaks fan. I'm pretty sure I watched the first season and possibly the second season. I was pretty confused by it, and I don't even know if I initially bothered watching the film that they made, Fire Walk With Me. By the time I saw it, I'm pretty sure I was even more confused than I was before, (laughs) because with Twin Peaks... uh, Obviously, with David Lynch, you're in another planet sometimes. So I gave this one a try. This was put on Showtime, and it was a you know a full run of episodes that they did, a somewhat longer than expected amount of episodes. You know, you normally uh, figure that for a cable series, especially nowadays, they go for the ten or twelve episode route. But this one was about eighteen episodes. So this was a pretty big order. And I I imagine it's got to do with Lynch. I mean, he wants to tell his story and it takes a certain amount of time. Now, the best way to describe this series, there is no best way to describe this series. It is just plain weird. You know, you do have a murder mystery, if you will, happening. But at the same time, you have this metaphysical, otherworldly, supernatural Things that are also happening at the same time. Most of the series deals with the fact that you have two Kyle McLaughlin characters. You have Agent Cooper and then like the evil Agent Cooper that kind of ended, uh, you know, the original initial run. Now, there is no way I can give you a synopsis of what is happening because I still don't understand what's happening. Like I said before, there's two things happening, and I can barely keep up with just the normal, earthly things that are happening. But the problem is that they get combined with this other weird, bizarre stuff that you're just amazed at what is going on in front of you. Now, I mentioned this once before when we were talking about, I think we were talking about Star Trek The Motion Picture. There are certain directors that break the rules And they are allowed to break the rules, and it mostly works for them to break those rules. And by that, I'm talking about long, lingering shots, overextended long periods of silence where the camera is just focused on somebody and nothing is happening. Most times, that could be considered to be a mistake, (laughs) you know, bad editing or bad something. But somebody like Kubrick which obviously we don't have anymore, but you could see it in his films, and somebody like Lynch, you can get away with that because they paint, especially with Lynch, he paints such an unusual setting for his stories that 
it almost kind of makes sense when you see these really unusual transitions or shots taking place, very staticky, very quiet sometimes. The breakdown of the story, it's really, again, it's very hard to tell. And you really don't wrap up all your threats here. This season basically ends with a cliffhanger kind of thing where, again, this is going to be spoilers up the wazoo here because we're... And believe me, it doesn't make any sense to you. It will not make any sense. You will not be able to understand what's going on. But it seems as if there is a time travel element at the end of the season that people have shifted into a different time period where certain things have not happened or are about to happen. Certain events were changed, but not changed. Most of the series deals with Kyle MacLachlan the Agent Cooper side of Kyle McLaughlin, which is really not even him, but him kind of trapped in the body of someone else. But we see him as Agent Cooper, and he is more or less catatonic <laughs> for three quarters of the series. But he is so hilarious in his somewhat catatonic s- state that he's in, where he is trying to adjust to this life that he's living and trying to kind of come back to his FBI roots and trying to find his way out and not saying much, but being so unbelievably funny and effective by it. And the other one is the evil Cooper, which is this, I don't know what the hell it is, some kind of a demon, otherworldly creature, multidimensional, I have no clue. Still no clue what's going on. They throw so many characters and they do so many weird things. And there was one whole episode that was done in black and white that I think took place in this other dimension that I cannot for the life of me understand what happened. (laughs) And the funny thing is that if you go on YouTube and you start searching for Twin Peaks Explained, or Twin Peaks The Return Explained, uh, which is the, the the return, I think, is the tagline for this particular season. People theorize on it left and right, and I can't even follow their theories. There is such a complicated, convoluted, weird show, and, and it's just, it, it is the definition of weird. So, like I started off the segment today, this all came about because of Stranger Things. I wanted to kind of go in the, in the Stranger Things direction, in the sci-fi, monster, reality, crime-solving, you know, that, that kind of combination. And, and granted, Stranger Things is not, you know, top of the line, smart, and serious. Stranger Things is for kids, I think. Slightly adults, it kind of pulls at your heartstrings with the nostalgic 80s, you know, so they're writing a fine line with that show. Twin Peaks is completely adult, and even an adult will not understand what's going on. So, with that said, I was completely entertained. So, I cannot tell you why the show is so good, but it is good, but you will not understand what's going on. So, Twin Peaks is kind of like the granddaddy, at least for me, of the bizarre show that I cannot explain, that all other shows kind of fall under, you know, that try to go in that direction. Now, I might have gone online at some point, or I might have seen, you know, as soon as Stranger Things had finished its run, which 
you know, as you guys know, they, they post all the episodes in one shot and then you just binge watch them at some point. And around that time, they would then, if you go to Facebook, for example, and some of the, the groups that I follow or the, the different sites that I follow, they would post articles like what to watch next after Stranger Things or other shows that are available that are kind of like Stranger Things, you know. So, one of the shows that was suggested in one of these posts was something called Dark. And it was also on Netflix. Okay. Dark is a German uh, sci-fi thriller mystery series. It reminded me a lot of Lost. That's one of the things they compared it to in a way. It's only 10 episodes long. So it's more of a typical run as far as uh, I'm concerned. You know, more of what I'm used to now with these streaming services and even cable shows. It's German. So, I don't know how you guys like to watch foreign stuff, but to me, I like to watch it in the original language with the English subtitles underneath. I'd rather not watch stuff dubbed because to me, it just looks bad and it sounds bad. And sometimes the translations feel awkward. I'd rather hear something in a different language and at least the, the actor is projecting these emotions in the proper language and then I can read it. But this is a show about a child that goes missing and then another child that is found murdered and it's a kind of like a murder mystery of who is killing these children along the way you start to figure out that these children that are disappearing and reappearing sometimes seem to happen in different times of history so there seems to be as you watch the series this thing taking place between three different periods of time the present, the past, and the really distant past. <laughs> and a lot of it has to do with this kind of like a cave in the forest that people are able to go in this cave. And depending on which path they take inside this cave, they come out in either 1953, they go way, way back in time, 1986, or their present, which is 2019, which is kind of like our future by only a year or so, because this came out last year. It's a little difficult to follow, not as bad as Twin Peaks. <laughs> because what ends up happening is that you end up meeting the same characters in three different time periods. So the characters that you kind of know that are here now, when sometimes somebody visits the past, you might see them as a teenager, or you might see them, you know, as a very young infant kind of child or obviously if you're dealing with older characters they're not as old so they might be you know old people now middle age in the 80s and maybe teenagers you know in the in the 50s some of it has to do with the nuclear plant that they're nearby some of it has to do with a time travel person that seems to know what's going on and it is just kind of pulling all these threads together of what is exactly happening. And then at the same time, there appears to be somebody who is kidnapping these children and performing some kind of experiment on them, thereby killing them in the process. So you have all these elements going on at the same time. The, the murder mystery, the sci-fi technological time travel aspect, and the bizarre kind of supernatural-ish uh, results that are happening because of all this. Just like before, spoiler alert, 
we end here with a cliffhanger at the end of this particular season where we are introduced to a fourth time period, this one being, I believe, way in the future. This is a series that's been greenlit for a second season, so hopefully we'll get a continuation. It is difficult to follow, I'm going to say this, and the biggest problem is there's so many characters. And obviously, by me watching it in German, it, it's a little more difficult to remember all these names and all these characters. And then when you kind of see them, you know, because there's certain parts of the show where you cut to a different time period and you have to kind of get your bearings. You know, obviously in the 80s, you do hear a lot of 80s music. And in the 50s, you kind of see the cars look different and the locations are... But, you know, you can't really go that crazy. It's not cinematic in terms of being able to do a complete redress of your set to the extent where you're automatically knowing where you're at. So it is a little jarring to kind of remember what these characters are doing and, and which is, wait, is this the girl? Wait, was she the nurse or was she the school teacher? And as a, uh, the younger version of them. And a lot of times as they are introducing these characters for dramatic purposes, they're not being very clear as to who they are. So it makes it even more difficult to kind of find your footing, you know, in this. This is definitely also reminds me of Lost, as I mentioned earlier, because it at least within the first season, answers most of the questions of the mystery of what's happening. Yes, there are lingering mysteries that will continue and, and a big tease to what's going to happen next season, but they seem to at least give you the majority of the information so you're not completely lost, you know, in, in what's happening, no, no pun intended, like you were with Lost. <laughs> lost, I remember the biggest complaint was that you were getting more questions than answers. Here, they at least give you enough answers but do provide you with a nice set of questions to keep you going in the future. This was definitely one to uh, take a look at if you have a chance, because it is very, it was very well done, and it's the kind of show that I would imagine at one point somebody would probably turn it into uh, an English version, an American version of it. Granted, we don't have that right now. I remember after Lost became successful, a lot of other television networks tried to do their own, you know, metaphysical science fictiony version of shows i remember fast forward was one of them and there were a couple of other shows i think they all tanked obviously but this is the type of show that you would figure that when something like stranger things happens and everybody realizes that oh my god netflix has it how come we don't have it? you know the network saying how come we don't have our own and you could you could picture those conversations taking place somebody would probably say, hey, wait a minute, didn't they do a German version? But guess what? This is a German version that was made for Netflix. So uh, it's I don't think Netflix would give up the rights to, uh, to, to sell this to a network. But anyway, this is one that I'm going to follow the next time around. The next show you might want to look at, and it's funny because this show was around before Stranger Things, is called Black Mirror. This might be something that is more familiar, especially amongst genre people. And this is a really a British show that is an anthology series, a sci-fi anthology series, which is something we haven't had here in a long time. The last times I remember, well, the most known anthology series is that for genre people that might remember, you're dealing with something like a Twilight Zone type of show where you're telling these really weird stories one at a time. Uh, then later you have Outer Limits, which is, I believe they might have gone to a longer 
you know, instead of the half hour format, the, the hour long formats, you had amazing stories in the eighties, you know, the Spielberg version of that anthology type of thing where you're trying to tell a long format story. Granted, amazing stories was not only sci-fi, it was hard. It was everything. They tried, they tried to cover all the different genres in a way. This one is strictly science fiction. This one is all these independent stories. They seem to be all kind of connected in the same world, more or less by a thread. And as you get forward, you know, as you, as you move forward through the different seasons, because this is now in the fourth season or the fourth series, you know, the British, they called uh, season series. There's a lot of very known names attached and very, especially actors. Some directors too are very pretty well known. I know Jodie Foster just directed an episode and like John Hamm was in, in, in an episode. A lot of well known faces and, and it's becoming the type of show that people want to get involved in it. I can't go into the details of all the episodes because there's so many of them. Granted, it's, it's a short series. It is the British model. And, you know, I, I think it's maybe under 10 per series. Uh, it's not that, that humongous, but it's definitely worth checking it out in order. Uh, watch the shows in order. Watch the episodes in order. I'm just going to mention one episode from this latest series. Now, I'm not even finished watching it yet. I'm still going through series four right now. But there was an episode uh, very currently called the USS Callister. And this is an amazing, amazing episode because the episode is about a kind of like a computer designer, let's say a programmer uh, who works at this company uh, and his partner kind of acts like his boss, but he's really his partner. But this guy is very shy. Now, the actor's name is Jesse Piemonts. And you might remember him from a couple of episodes from Breaking Bad towards the end of the series. He's the guy that looks like Matt Damon. He's like evil Matt Damon, if you remember. <laughs> if you remember Breaking Bad, I remember a lot of the critics, when they were reviewing some of those episodes, they would refer to him as the evil Matt Damon. Because he looks like Matt Damon. He could be Matt Damon's cousin or something. But anyway... This particular episode is called The USS Callister, and it's about, like I said, this guy who at work, you know, he's not very good with the ladies, and his partner treats him kind of bad, and he just kind of can't wait to go home and play his video games. Now, again, this is Black Mirror, so the video games in this time are more advanced than ours. They're very virtual reality oriented, where he just kind of clicks on this little device on his head. And he's in this whole new world. And this whole new world is really, I guess, maybe, I don't know if they tried and they knew they couldn't get it, but this new world is Star Trek. It is classic Star Trek. The ship is very much like Star Trek. The interior, the clothing, everything is Star Trek. And it's about him playing the role of Captain Kirk. Obviously, it's not called Captain Kirk. They give them, you know, different names. And again, this is probably all because of, you know, legal problems. You couldn't get the rights, so you have to kind of simulate it. And when he's at work, you know, he's working and he's having a tough time. And, you know, a new person comes in, a new girl, and she's like, oh, I, I love the work you've done on blah, blah. And he's like, oh, really? And he doesn't know how to act, you know, how to react to her. But she kind of, you know, he shows him, oh, yeah, these, these are my things. So he's got he's got all these toys, you know, uh, some of them at work and uh, at home. And it's, it's hilarious. But he's got all his collections of whatever, figures, toys. And, and basically every night he does that. So 
as you're watching the episode, it's it's really nice, and you're like, oh, this is such, he's such a cool guy, you know. He's you know, in reality, you know, in reality, he's getting his butt kicked and this and that. But in the virtual world, he's able to kind of come out and be a little more assertive. So he is the captain, and you see him operating in the virtual world of you know the U.S. This television, this fictional television show called the USS Caster. So he's there. He's the captain, and there are so many nods to Star Trek. There's so many nods to Shatner. He's doing Shatner impressions more or less here and there. But what we find is that in the virtual world, he's a tyrant. He is a horrible human being. He hurts his crew. He murders people. He does all these things. And then the show kind of starts to turn into how his crew, especially this one new girl that he kind of got. And, you know, this is where you get technical he kind of got her dna sample to be able to bring her on the game without her real life person knowing about it so she is kind of like a prisoner in his virtual reality world and then he and then they she starts to kind of find out by talking to the rest of the crew that his boss has without anybody knowing been using their dna to kind of force them to come and and play you know with him and how he's mistreating everyone. So the episode continues to the point where it's everybody kind of rebelling against him and trying to figure out a way to escape. And by escape means to just stop the game and let them not no longer play this game that he's playing. So, you know, I think it's one of the best episodes they've had. They've had tons of other episodes that were really good, but this one really, really hits close to home because of the whole uh, nerdy aspect of his interests and that sort of thing. And I love that actor. He's so good. He's, he is the perfect psychotic Matt Damon because that is exactly what he did. I remember in a way, uh, when Breaking Bad was that he was a, a lovable, nice, polite, gentle character that turns into a total monster, <laughs> which is great. I think he was also in Fargo, the television series. He had a role in Fargo also. You know, he's an actor that's, and I'm telling you, you look at him, you're like, oh, crap, is that Matt Damon? He's like, no, it's not Matt Damon. Also, the special effects were awesome. They were so cool. And the on the internet, uh, you know, the, the, the words started rolling around that people were saying, hey, why can't you create a series? Just based on this character, on the Star Trekky side of uh, of this character, because they did it so perfectly. And I, obviously, this is the type of thing where you can probably pull it off once. You can't pull it off more than once. But they did it perfectly. And this is an excellent example of how good the show is. So as Black Mirror keeps gathering steam more and more, I mean, it's it, the show's been on for a while, like I said. And little by little, people are starting to notice that it's a very good show. So what's happening now is that other outlets are trying to do their own version of it, which is, it happens. That's how things work. Sometimes the ripoffs are horrible and sometimes they inspire new and better things. You never know. With that said, Amazon, the competitor to Netflix, one of the biggest competitors, I guess, other than Hulu, has come up with a series of their own called Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams. Philip K. Dick obviously being the late science fiction writer who wrote the original uh, book of Blade Runner and many, many other sci-fi trippy 
uh, stories. They got, I guess they got the rights to use some of his stories or use his name. And now they have their own series now that just premiered not too long ago. And I've started watching them and they're okay. They're not the best. You know, the, the stories are interesting. They're getting some pretty no names, you know, involved at least at first. So it, it's, it's a nice companion piece to Black Mirror. Brian Cranston, for example, is one of the producers, uh, and he was in one of the episodes. So it, it's very sci-fi trippy stuff. It's very Philip K. Dick-ish, <laughs> if you will, in terms of how weird it can get sometimes. So I would definitely say that if you are into Black Mirror, give Electric Dreams a try because there might be some good ones in the mix that you you might like. Again, just like Black Mirror, I'm not done with Electric Dreams. I'm still going through it. They're about a 10-episode series, I believe. And another person that's involved in this one is Ronald D. Moore from Battlestar Galactica, if you remember him. He um, is involved. He's one of the executive producers like Brian Cranston. Overall, the show feels a little more, I don't want to say cheap, but budget conscious, let's say. <laughs> Black Mirror feels more cinematic. It feels more foreign also, more Britishy. This one feels a little more, you know, American shot in Canada, <laughs> kind of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of sets that are, you could probably tell they're virtual reality sets, you know, uh, green screen type of stuff. Hey, nothing wrong with that. It's just a different feel. You know that you're one notch slightly notch below. Now, granted, you get yourself a couple of home run episodes and the show will elevate, but that's what I'm noticing right now, that it's it's kind of like its younger brother and it's not as good yet as as uh, Black Mirror. Granted, Black Mirror has four seasons behind it. This one has just started, so, you know, it, it's a nice little alternate place to go, you know, when you're when you're looking for that kind of anthology kind of a, a show where, where every episode is separate than the other and you only have to commit, you know, for, you know, 45, 55 minute uh, uh, story and, and that's it. Now, along the line of that kind of sci-fi realm, we have another new show now called Altered Carbon. And from what I understand, this is based on a cyberpunk science fiction novel by Richard Morgan. This is an actual series now. This isn't uh, an anthology, but I just started watching it. It's an interesting premise, very high quality special effects, very well done so far, action-y, dark, very dark. And it starts Joel Kinnaman, who was in The Killing, then he was in Suicide Squad, he was in the remake of Robocop. It's, he's an actor I, I, I kind of like. Interesting role here. It's a very good environment for him to play off of. And again, this is another weird, weird story where it's the future, super future, you know, two, three hundred years from now, where you have this kind of like a mercenary killer who is killed. But in this particular future, when people are killed, they lose their body, but their mind, let's say, or their soul in a way, is implanted on a kind of like a computer chip on the back of their neck so that they can then take that chip and put it in on ice, basically, on storage for a later day, if need be, to be inserted into a new body. Uh, so this guy now wakes up 300 years later or something or even more than that. And he is asked to solve a possible murder 
with the condition that if he solves the murder, he will be, you know, allowed to return, you know, his, his sentence will be uh, removed and he'll be free to go. And it's about solving a, a, a potential murder uh, situation. It's, it's a little complicated because you're, you're getting to know all the mechanics of this new world that we live in now where certain groups don't like the technology of being able to change a body and put it into another person. They refer to bodies as sleeves. So they talk about how, you know, you're going to change sleeves. You get shot. Don't worry about it. You're dead, but we'll just put you on a new sleeve and a new body and how you have the, the, the politics and the socioeconomical issues of the richer people get the better bodies and the poor people get the crappiest bodies and stuff like that. So there's a lot of world building here and super violent action packed. Again, I've only seen the first episode of this. Uh, It's called Altered Carbon. And it's interesting so far. I'll see if it, you know, how far it's going to take me. Hopefully I won't lose interest. It's about 10 episodes, just like uh, some of these other shows. So in a way, I, you know, we, we talked about this before. The, the 10 episode format really works well nowadays because it's not that much of a commitment and there's not a lot of room for fat in the show. You don't have to feel like you're watching them just kind of tap dancing because they don't know what to do. You know, they're, they're filling it with information. I'm going to keep going with this one too. It's not an anthology, like I said before. It's a different, straight kind of uh, sci-fi, weird kind of show. You know, again, more to the type of shows we were talking about earlier with like dark and that kind of thing where they kind of build, build, build. So it's it's another, you know, possibility for you guys. Now, the final show I'm going to mention is one I just started watching... (laughs) (laughs) the other day, and I I know, I I don't know how I find the time to watch all these shows, but this is a show that airs on stars called Counterpart, and it's really unusual or difficult to describe it in terms of when you watch a commercial for it or an ad, you're like, what the hell exactly are we dealing with here? And not until you're actually seeing the show do you understand how sci-fi it is, and it's kind of like a, a spy thriller. It has a very Cold War German, uh, you know, Berlin kind of feel because a lot of the show takes place in Berlin or in Germany at least. And it's about a a guy that works in some kind of government agency where he does this monotonous job that he goes in and he has to perform these really unusual tasks. And he doesn't really know what they are. He performs them. He doesn't understand them. He's not allowed to ask. Super high security area. And... One day, you know, he, and, you know, he's trying to get a promotion. He, they won't promote him. He's kind of in his, probably in his fifties, maybe early sixties, even. I don't know. He's kind of getting up there. And one day he's brought into a meeting and introduced to somebody that looks exactly like him. And that person explains that, you know, he's come up, he's come from the other side and that we have a problem because they're trying to target these people and he's trying to there to solve figure out who the murderer or who the assassin is. Because in the beginning of the show, we also see this assassination take place uh, where all these uh, agents get killed by this woman. And the mention of her being from the other world, not another world, but the other world, kind of, you're later watching, you're like, wait, what? What are you talking about another world? So apparently what's going on in the show is that there's another dimension to the world that these people are living in. And in the other dimension, they are duplicates of everybody, just just like ours, let's say. And 
people's lives have changed after a certain period in time where different decisions were made and different political things are happening than in the world that you're starting off with. And somehow people are crossing over and they seem to have this pact that, you know, they're the crossing over is a very forbidden kind of thing because it can mess up things so bad. So it's kind of trying to figure out what is happening and to stop this crossover to happen from taking place and these assassinations apparently from taking place. So there's a very heavy political thing going on that has to do and now this this lead character which I forgot to mention is played by J.K. Simmons, actor from Whiplash. He's been in a couple of he's been in a lot of movies. He played uh didn't he play Peter Parker's boss in one of the uh, Spider-Man films and I I think he plays uh DC films, he plays uh, Gordon, I think. So he's been playing, uh, he's been <laughs> he's been hopping, uh, you know, from DC to Marvel uh, left and right. But he's a great, great actor. He you know, he won an Oscar for Whiplash, I believe. Uh, anyway, he's the guy who plays the uh, this main character, and he's playing two characters. He's playing the 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 kind of uh, you know the kind of dumpy, sad, <laughs> depressed guy from the, the the main story, but he's also playing his counterpart from the other world that comes, who's more. More energetic, more assertive, more successful in his career. So he's kind of seeing what his life could have been if he was a little different, a little more assertive with his life and that kind of thing. So I think that's what the show is going to kind of play on is the the difference in your life depending on your decisions that are made. Every fork in the road that you are faced with, what would have happened if you'd taken the other path? So I think that's what they're going to play with. I've only seen the first episode. This one uh, is not a series dump. It's one at a time, so you're only getting them once a week. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep up with it. Uh, like I said, so far I liked it. So far I'm pretty impressed by by what they're doing. It helps when you have a good actor. When you have a very good actor, it he just kind of he absorbs you, you know the viewer into the story. And the fact that they're slowly trickling the sci-fi element into it also helps. You don't want to overload somebody with you know, the minutia of sci-fi. Sometimes you throw too much, uh, you know, sci-fi gobbledygook at people that you kind of lose control and you just lose interest. Here, they're giving it to you a little bit at a time and it, and you're slowly kind of peeling that onion of information. So that's yet another show if you don't have enough shows uh, to deal with. So we've uh, gone through quite a number of shows. Don't know if you guys have seen any of them. Hopefully, you're interested in some of them, but uh, there's some really interesting stuff out there. Uh, you know, just when you think that, uh, you know, there's nothing left to watch, there you have it. Some good stuff on its way. Well, I hope everybody had a good time going over our solo trailer and teaser descriptions. One little tiny thing that I found out after watching it a number of times is that if you freeze frame a couple of the shots of Solo in that little speeder that he's being chased through in the city, you can actually see this golden dice dangling up there. So it's uh, there's a lot of Easter eggs apparently hidden on these trailers. And that's probably going to be our main focus, you know, going forward as far as Star Wars goes, because that is the next big one. It's only a few months away. But at the same time, I'm sure we're going to get The Last Jedi on Blu-ray and possibly deleted scenes that we've been hearing about. So there's a lot of Star Wars related stuff in the works. There's been a lot of news about more future television productions, trilogies, whatever. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the works. And I hope you guys also enjoyed our 
television side of the show today having to do with these weird shows that are out there for you to kind of continue in that Stranger Things vibe, if you will. There's lots of them out there. There's probably even more coming, and there's probably a few I haven't even touched upon. So you guys got plenty to pick from. So on behalf of everybody here, thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon here at GeekFest Rants. Bye-bye, everybody. I have come to this building every day and done my job. Three decades I've given to this office. But honestly, sometimes it scares me. I don't know what we do here. Have I done something wrong? Someone's walked in from the other side. The other side, I... Whatever you do, don't panic. Hi, Howard. Billy, do you have any idea how lucky you are? No one, no one gets to meet their other. Other? 30 years ago, during the Cold War, there was an experiment. Something went wrong, they opened up a passage. When you go through this door, you come out the other side, you're in another world, identical to ours. There was one reality, and then it duplicated. We share genetics, childhood. I want to know how you became so different. A kill order came out from my side, targeting people on your side. Handle is Baldwin, she's a contract assassin. Your wife may be her next target. We're caught in the middle of something, whether we want to be or not. We should just build a wall and never come back. They hate your side for what you've done to ours. You don't know these people like I do. They don't tolerate mistakes. The last thing you want is me with nothing left to say. If you would like to subscribe to our show, send us messages, or see video links to some of the topics we talked about today, please visit our homepage at geekfestrants.com or our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or iTunes at GeekFestRants. I don't know what we're yelling about! GeekFest Rants is produced by Carlos Perone, copyright 2018. This broadcast is part of the IC Robots radio network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. <laughs>